What's up everyone, this is Don Suave. First and foremost, I'd appreciate everyone for viewing my video. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, and also comment. Also hit that notification button below as well. Alright, let's get on with the show. He didn't cheat death. He won fairly and squarely. Here is Don Suave. Yo, yo, what's good, everybody? This is Don Suave back with another one for y'all. So make sure to like, share, subscribe to the YouTube channel, Broadcast of the Seven Cities, and make sure to subscribe to the podcast, So Disrespectful Radio Show. Now, before I start, I'd like to start with a uh, quote for the listeners. This comes from Christopher Reeves. This is Superman. We're talking about the original Superman. He said, so many of our dreams at first seem impossible. Then they seem improbable. And then when we summon the will, they soon become inevitable. I'm just let y'all know, live your dream. It's nothing like living the dream that you want to do and basically getting paid for it. Like the best of both worlds. So we just wrapped up week seven. You know, we got week eight coming up. So we're going to do a little recap of week seven. And then we're going to get to some topics that it may get a little controversy, but I mean, it needs to be said. So we're going to start right about now. We had the first game on Thursday which was the New Orleans Saints and the Arizona Cardinals. We had the Cardinals winning 42-34. to As we go on to Sunday, we had the Cincinnati Bengals beat the Atlanta Falcons 35-17. to We had the Dallas Cowboys beat the Detroit Lions. Like that really was a shocker. 24-6. And that was Dak Prescott's first game back since his injury. Next, we had the Titans beating the Colts 19-10. The next game, and we're going to talk about this a bit more later, back in the start position, Ted Heineke, the Washington Commanders beat the Green Bay Packers 23-21. And probably the most shocking victory this whole week, maybe the whole season, the Carolina Panthers beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 21-3. We have the New York football Giants on still on the street, beating the Jacksonville Jaguars 23-17. Next game, we have a division rival as the Baltimore Ravens beat the Cleveland Browns 23-20. Next game, I mean, it's the Denver Broncos, sadly. 
We had New York Jets beating them 16 to 9. Next game was the Las Vegas Raiders beating the Houston Texans 38 to 20. And we had the Seattle Seahawks who look alike. Well, I know Russell Wilson, Marshawn Lynch, or any big name like that on defense, no problem. They beat the Los Angeles Chargers 37 to 23. And we had the Super Bowl rematch with the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. And like history repeats itself because the Chiefs beat the Niners 44-23. And on Monday night, we had the Bears play against the Patriots. And possibly another shocker, the Bears beat the Patriots 33-14. I kid you not. They beat the Patriots. The Belichick led Patriots. 33-14. Oh, I don't want to forget Sunday night's game. Of the Dolphins beating the Steelers 16 to 10. Now, remember when I said earlier that there will be some controversy into what I had to say? Alright, well, we're gonna start with this one. Remember when I said the uh, Panthers beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 21 to 3? Yeah. Listen to this. And I, want, I just want to do it like to do a little uh, what's that with that little warning before I start, because I know this may be controversial or what we like to say out of pocket, but let's be real, I'm not the only one who thinks this, but I'm gonna be the one to say it. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. You know, since Skip let's say his whole name, he may need to retire at this moment. The Bucks look quite honest, old, and just confusing. This past Sunday, they lost to the Carolina Panthers. Say it again. Say something else. Oh, say something else. I said the Carolina Panthers. You know the team that traded away Christian McCaffrey? That traded away Robbie Anderson? The team that picked up Baker Mayfield and looks terrible? The team that got an XFL quarterback starting? Exactly. So how could the greatest of all time with a great team who just won a Super Bowl two years ago, a year ago, the same GOAT, Tom Brady, was literally up for MVP with Aaron Rodgers. And Pro Football Focus had him number one as far as quarterbacks. So what in the blue moon is going on with the Bucks? Well, I believe this didn't start when the season started. It started back before that in the offseason. Former quarterback Alex Smith stated that distraction does affect the team's play or player's performance. So let's be real. Many have said that Brady looked different. And many have speculated that it was due to his personal issues. And we know what it is. It's been documented. I see this type of decisions at the shipyard. When somebody's been doing something for a long time, they don't know what to do when their time is over. I've seen guys who worked there forever and never leaving. And you ask why? Well, because the number one reason is they don't know what to do. Like, that's all they know. So they will stay there until they barely can walk and still work, just crawl at work. This sounds like Tom Brady. But fans and critics will say, he's just passion. He's just a football guru. He can't play as long as he wants, which is true, 
But you also remember who had those same comparisons? Brett Favre. And remember how his career phased out? Let's be real. Tom Brady has nothing to prove to anybody. He's the GOAT by statistical standards. Most Super Bowls out of everybody. Most passing yards. Most passing touchdowns. Most playoff wins. Most blah, 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 blah. And yet, he's so far looking like a shell of himself. The one thing that needs to happen is accountability. And, well, let's let Shannon Sharp explain more. Here's Brady, Tom Brady. This is Tom Brady. No de people at home. This is not the defense. Tom Brady, first nine drives. Punt, 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 punt. Halftime. Punt, turnover downs. Punt, field goal. Mm. What the defense got to do with that? Mm. But let me tell you who's going to get the blame. Mm. Byron Leftwich, they're about to come for you. Mm. Todd Bowles, they're about to come for you. Mm. Defense, they're about to come for you. Mm. They're always going to place the blame on somebody else mm. when you lose other than Tom Brady. But mm. when they win, Byron Leftwich ain't getting no credit. Mm. Todd Bowles don't get no credit. The defense doesn't get any credit. Tom Brady, did you see that throw? Mm. He wills them to win. They won because of Tom, but mm. when they lose, they lose because of everybody else. Mm. How is that fair? How is that realistic? You and I both know. Skip, he was awful. The Bucks are now 26th in third down uh, uh, com uh, conversion weight. 2 of 12 last, uh, yesterday, mm -hmm. 4 of 14. So in the last two games, he's 6 of 26. Mm. What does the defense have to do with that? Mm. Sadly, this is what happens when it comes to Brady. It's everybody's fault. Except for him. He could throw five interceptions. It must be the play calling. He threw the ball to coverage. Or he was trying to fit in tight windows. He has over 15 incompletions. Or the receivers ran the wrong route. They couldn't catch. Who's calling these plays? No. This time, he deserves most of the blame. If not all. Either way. We got 11 games left in the season. So we'll see if retirement is still not in the future. Because where we sitting at right now, he's, he's right. It's not in the future. It's in the present. Now the next person we want to speak about, it may be time just to give it up. This past Sunday, the coach made a drastic change at the quarterback position with benching Matt Ryan for the season and elevated Sam Ellinger to starter. Now, Matt Ryan did sustain an injury during the game against the Tennessee Titans with a grade 2 shoulder separation. But reports have come that Matt Ryan was already on his way to the bench, injury or not. Matt Ryan has struggled this season really, really bad. The former MVP is last in interceptions with 9, tied last in sacks with 24, and last in fumbles with 11. Adios mio. Another thing to point out is that their offensive line stinks, trash, garbage, garbage. They get pushed around like leaves. You would think there ain't five grown men who hit the gym daily. Go practice, watch film, study techniques. Oh no, these guys are paper when it's wet. Coach Frank Wright does see that his offensive line is below average, which is one of the reasons for the switch at QB. Ellinger is a younger, more mobile than Ryan, so they can help because if the offensive line is getting pushed, a move here and there by the quarterback can keep the D-line on their heels and the O-line won't look soft. 
But the main topic of this is Matt Ryan, who's 37 years old and is joining guys like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady as those 35-plus-year-old quarterbacks who are fighting Father Time. And right now, Father Time is up on the scores with the judges. Just like I stated earlier, is it time for Matt Ryan to put the football down and go be with his family? What do you guys think about Matt Ryan's future? And when we come back from break, it's time for the Week 8 Picks. Stay tuned. You're listening to the So Disrespectful Radio Show. He can build a snowman out of water. Here is Don Suave. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Thank you very much for tuning in. So we just, after just talking about the controversy things of Matt Ryan and Tom Brady, also giving you a recap of Week Seven. We're gonna look forward to Week Eight. We're gonna do we we'll do my picks, and then we're gonna go from there, and we're gonna start right about now. So we had the game on Thursday with the Baltimore Ravens and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I got the Ravens winning that. Jacksonville versus Denver. Jacksonville. Atlanta versus Carolina. Eh, it's a toss-up game, but I get an answer to Atlanta. Dallas and Chicago. Now, I know Chicago just beat New Orleans. I mean, excuse me, New England. But, um, yeah, Dallas is a better team than New England. So, Dallas is winning that game. Miami and Detroit. You know, you have a love-hate relationship with Detroit. Especially as a team hard knocks. You want them to win. Just not this week. Miami's going to win that one. Minnesota versus Arizona. Minnesota. I just don't see nothing with Arizona, honestly. They're so dysfunctional over there. And we got Captain Kirk, a.k.a. Bling Bling Kirk. I just think they're going to take that win. Next is the Raiders in New Orleans. I have no idea what New Orleans is doing. And some reports are that Al Camaro may be leaving and the quarterback. So, too much distractions, too much questions going with the Raiders. Jets and the Patriots. I mean, you just seen the Patriots get beat by Chicago. And then they also benched Matt Jones for Brett, for, for Zap. Now this came back, I said Matt Jones will start this game. But the Jets is on a whole nother level. So we're going with the Jets. Eagles and Steelers. <laughs> yeah. We don't need to go into DAT into that game. We're just the Eagles gonna win that one. We got the Tennessee Titans and the Houston Texans. I mean, that's kind of like pick your poison. But T- Titans do got Derrick Henry and the rookie Willie Willis will be starting his first time starting the man out of Liberty. So I'll pick the Titans for that one. Commanders and the Colts. Now this game is gonna be interesting because. This was the game that Costa was supposed to be playing for the Commanders because they be going to Indianapolis to play against his old co- um, team. But as you see, Carson is out. Taylor's starting. Matt Ryan is, is benched. Ellis is starting. Offensive line is garbage for the Colts. And Washington got one of the best defensive lines in the league. So, 
obvious choice would be going with the Commanders. Next is the Niners and the Rams. The thing about the Niners is that their offense is so dynamic, but it, it runs by Jimmy G. And the play calling, of course. But even with this game, even with Aaron Donald and them boys, Jalen Ramsey, I'm going to pick the Niners to beat the Rams. Then we got the Giants and the Seahawks, which is to me, possibly game of the week, or at least one of them. It's a very, it's going to be a very good game. Seahawks is looking like the team, a young team that's ready to do work. Giants look like the, a whole 180 done changed with them. So, I'm still going to pick the Giants. Next is the Bills and Green Bay. After what Washington did to Green Bay and how the Bills are playing, it's no contest. We're taking Buffalo Bills over Green Bay. And the Monday night game, the Cincinnati Bengals and the Cleveland Browns. I, I really have any faith in the Cleveland Browns, to be honest with you. So in that case, we're going with the Cincinnati Bengals. Now coming up after the break, we're going to do some NBA news. We're going to recap the season from Saturday to Friday. And we're going to do a recap of the NBA standards, including some surprising things. Well, actually, really not surprising, but in some aspects it is. Still, stay tuned. You're listening to the So Disrespectful radio show. What makes honeybees so good? Well, first, our bees take all this and they turn it into this. Then we add all that and we turn it into this. The supplement that starts with the goodness of honey. That's the honeybee secret. Freddy Krueger has nightmares about him. Here is Don Suave. Welcome back to the show. As we transition over to the NBA, we're just going to go over certain games for the past few days. This The ones that really talk about. So first, on Saturday, October 22nd, 2022, the Cleveland Cavaliers, led by Donovan Spider-Mitchell, beat the Breaks off of the Chicago Bulls, who were led by Zach Levine. Cleveland won 128 to 96. Another game which got the break beat off was the Memphis Grizzlies versus the Dallas uh, Mavericks. And Dallas won that game 137 to 96. Luka had 32 points. John Morant left, had 20 points. Next day on Sunday, October 23rd. I mean, you do got to talk about them, and they are the Los Angeles Lakers. So, Portland Trail Blazers beat the Los Angeles Lakers 106-104. to Dane Lillard, Dane Dollars, Dane Cass, Paul Bardane had 41 points, while LeBron had 31 points. The next game that we're going to go on that same day is the overtime game between the Utah Jazz and New Orleans Pelicans. Now, mind you, I said at the beginning before the season started that the Pelicans, you know, they just have that, they just feel like they're going to do something this year. Everybody healthy, I just really feel like it. Even though they did lose this game by one point overtime, McCullough dropped 28 points. It was a 122 to 121 win for the Utah Jazz. Next, we'll go to Monday, 
and probably the most significant game of this week was the New York Knicks against Orlando. You know why it's significant? New York won. <laughs> okay, let me stop, let me stop. But it was a good game. You know, New York beat the Orlando Magic 115-102. to 102. Julius Randle had 25. And Paulo Banchero had 21 points. And then we have the Memphis Grizzlies versus the Brooklyn Nets. And once again, everybody healthy on the Nets. That's what they did. They lost. John Moran was cooking. He had recipes everywhere. He was cooking, baking, grilling. He dropped 38 points. And Kyrie, you know, he dropped 37. But once again, I, I guess the, the perception that was Kyrie, KD, Ben, this team was looking to run things. But so far, Ben has just been a body on the court. And that's basically it. Next we go to Tuesday's game. And of course, it is the Phoenix Suns versus the Golden State Warriors. And with Clay Thompson got thrown out for him and Devin Booker going at it. Well, Devin Booker got the win regardless, but Devin dropped 34 points while Steph Curry dropped 21. The Phoenix Suns won that game, 134 to 105. Next we'll go to the Wednesday's game. And it was a bunch of good games. Well, of course, the number one thing is we're going to talk about it later is the Lakers again lost to the Denver Nuggets, 110 to 99. Nikola Jokic had 31 points, AD had 22 points. And next, we're going to go to Thursday, and it will stop right here. We have the Golden State Warriors getting their victory back over the Miami Heat, 123. To 110, and the Clippers, the Clippers lost to the Oklahoma City Thunder, 118 to 110. And get this, Dallas versus Brooklyn, overtime, 51. You got you, you guessed it right. Dallas beat Brooklyn in overtime, 129 to 125. Luka Doncic dropped. 41 on somebody's head, and Kyrie had 39 points. Now, as we look at the standings, we all know what's the biggest shocker. Dead last. Do you realize? Come closer. Come closer. Do you realize in the NBA, all the teams that play, right? Do you realize there's only one team that didn't win a game yet? The Los Angeles Lakers. Listen to me, y'all. Orlando has a, has a better record than, than the Los Angeles Lakers with one win. Houston has a better record than them. Sacramento have a better record than them. Detroit have a better record than them. Brooklyn Nets, even though they're struggling and they got they only won one game, one out of five, they got a better record than the Lakers. That's horrible. Terrible. Unbelievable. Led by a future Hall of Fame, possibly one the go for some people, LeBron James, and they're dead last. 0 and 5. And if you check the rest of their schedule, I don't really see them winning no time soon. I'll say they could they they probably are gonna win, but realistically, you can see them going by 8, 0 and 12. Sorry. <laughs> 
They suck. It is what it is. But hey, they're prideful. You know, especially we had a guy, and I'm, I'm going to say it, Russell Westbrook had two points, four rebounds, five assists. And they asked him, how'd you, game? how'd you do with your game? Oh, I think my game is solid. You are fickle. Fickle. Delusional. But, what you expect? This is the Los Angeles Lakers. Hey, you just gotta roll with the punches. And coming up after the break, we're gonna have a, that segment we did last week, clap back. We got another one. This time, he's detailing on the football side. Stay tuned. You're listening to the So Disrespectful radio show. This fall, enjoy coasting and casting. Enjoy seaside shows and scenic drives. Enjoy summer a little longer in Ocean City, Maryland. When he was born, the doctor asked him to name his parents. Here's Don Suave. Welcome back to the show. Now we're going to let the fans have their time on the show in a segment called Clapback. We got Jason coming up. And what he's going to do is detail the game between the Giants and the Seahawks and the Jets and the Patriots. Mr. Jason, take it away. Hello and good afternoon, everybody. This is Jason Serrano reporting on NFL Week 8 New York Football Giants at the Seattle Seahawks. Daniel Jones, Geno Smith. The best against the best. Who the funk? Not this guy. I'm a Giants fan. Anyway, it's going to be a fun week for the Giants. It's a two overachieving team so far this week. Um, we're going to start out with a couple of injury reports. There's actually a decent amount here for the Giants. We'll move on to the Kadarius Tony trade after that. Um, a little bit of Brian Dabble news. And then uh, we're going to go ahead with a prediction on the week for the New York Football Giants at the Seattle Seahawks. Now, Starting with the injury report, your New York football Giants will be missing starting tight end Daniel Bellinger with that gruesome eye injury he suffered. Um, although he came back from the hospital and celebrated a victory with his team, his eye was slowed shut, completely red. If you've seen it, he was bleeding from his eyes, a very ugly sight. So he's going to be out this week and indefinitely. Offensive lineman Ben Bredesen, the starting left guard for the New York football Giants, also out with a knee injury. Uh, defensive back Cordell Flott out with a calf injury. Wide receiver Kenny Galladay out once again. He's been out most of the year. Even when he hasn't been out, he hasn't really been uh, very effective since being a New York Giant. Maybe that'll change. It's not looking likely, at least right now. He's not going to be playing anyway. Out, Evan Neal, starting rookie tackle, right tackle for the Giants. Uh, very scary injury. It looked like... Uh, it was going to be a season ender. He avoided that scare. It's just a grade two ACL sprain that he is out this week. Our local, O'Shane Zimenez, is going to be out. Um, he's the first uh, ODU, first Monarch drafted for the NFL. He was drafted by the New York Football Giants. Unfortunately, he won't be watching this week in Seattle. He is still struggling with a quad injury. All right, questionable for your New York Football Giants. All three are likely to play. Tyree Phillips, who replaced Evan Neal at that right tackle position, did a pretty good job. He had a toe issue, uh, limited in practice. 
Defensive back Jason Pinnock. Foot injury also rendered in practice. Um, Leonard Williams, defensive end slash defensive tackle. Elbow injury limited in practice. All three, like I said, expected to play in Seattle. Now we're going to get to the Seattle Seahawks injuries. I feel like you could say this name every single week of his career. Tyler Lockett, questionable with a hamstring, rib, oblique injuries. Limited in practice this week, though, is expected to play. Wide receiver DK Metcalf with a knee did not practice, has not practiced this week, although listed as questionable, not really expected to play. Guard Phil Haynes with a concussion. Guard Gabe Jackson with a knee slash hip issue. Um, both uh, listed as questionable. Outside linebacker Daryl Allen Taylor. He has been balling this year. He has a groin issue, um, limited as uh, questionable. Defensive end Puna Ford with an ankle issue, also listed as, listed as questionable. Out this week for the Seattle Seahawks special teams captain Nick Ballora with a concussion. Doubtful for the Seattle Seahawks wide receiver Penny Hart with a hamstring issue. Um, not as many as the Giants, though a decent amount for them. Uh, the big name there obviously being DK. Uh, we'll see if he can play. It's not looking likely, but we will see. Now on to other news with the Kadarius Tony trade. I'll tell you, as a Giants fan, I'm going to miss the guy. He has all the potential in the world. Um, word is he lacked motivation. Um, of course, they, he says he's healthy now, and as soon as he's healthy, the Giants are going to go ahead and trade him away. Why not when you need wide receiver help? He's your best wide receiver. Finally healthy, but he's now a Kansas City Chief. The uh, Giants received a conditional third round and a sixth round pick for Kadarius Tony. You could say it's a win for both teams because Giants got something for a guy that wasn't motivated to be there. Or you could say it's a loss for the Giants because they lost their most talented wide receiver. We'll see moving forward. They haven't been playing with him all year. Kadarius Tony stats on the year: two on, I'm sorry, two catches, zero yards. So he hasn't produced anything really this year. We'll see what he does with the Chiefs. Um, on board with uh, Brian Babble to dress the team uh, as the traders made him and Joe Schoen uh, got the team together and let them know. I thought that was a pro move. Uh, they took questions regarding the trade, you know, as a, you know, if you play football with your family, you'd see one of your family members leave. Um, nobody really had any questions and it was reported they had a great practice after that. Um, Kenny Galladay, he, uh, during an interview, said, you know, he was a little affected. He's going to holler at his brother. Um, but they asked him if he, they feared that he'd be next. He said no, he does not fear that he'll be next on the trade block. But nobody saw Tony coming, so we'll see. Um, anyway, moving forward, the Giants this year at a 6-1 beautiful pace, yet they're in second place. Seattle, 4-3 first place. Seattle, points for versus points against, negative 3 on the year. Giants, plus 20 on the year. Um, Giants are six and one against the spread this year, as well as being six and one in general. You got to give the team credit; they play, they play hard, they play with grit. Um, there's not a lot of, uh, you know, nobody's dogging it or slacking. Daniel Jones is playing out of his mind, especially in the fourth quarter. The guy's making great decisions. Got to give it to him. On the other side, Geno Smith, man, this guy's playing his butt off too. Um, who would have thought this could be a marquee matchup? The Giants and the Seattle Seahawks, Daniel Jones versus Geno Smith. It is. That's what's going on. My prediction, I love New York. I love the football Giants. It's hard to see them winning in Seattle. However, it's hard to see them winning in London against the Packers. It's hard to see them winning as hard as it is for me to say in Jacksonville against the Jaguars. 
I'm going to be a realist here. I'm going to say 21-20, Seattle wins on the last-minute touchdown. Probably get a couple penalties by the Giants to help them along the way. It's hard to see Giants winning these close games consistently, especially on the road in Seattle. Pete Carroll winning 70% of his home games since being in Seattle. I love New York football Giants. I wouldn't be surprised one bit if they pull this one out. But I'm going to take them getting the points, but I'll also accept the loss because I understand it's going to be hard to play there. Um, this is your boy, Jason Serrano, signing out. Thank you, Rico. God bless all. Hello and good afternoon. It's your boy, Jason Serrano, reporting you here. NFL Week 8 preview of the Patriots at the New York Jets. Patriots stand here at 3-4 and four at the bottom of the AFC East. Jets 5-2 and two in second place, a half game behind the Buffalo Bills, who are 5-1. Now, uh, very interesting, nobody saw either of these teams really going in the directions they're going this year, especially if you started uh, week one where the Jets looked miserable and the Patriots looked mm, not miserable. Anyway, um, we're going to get on to an injury report, my prediction following that. Injury reports for the Jets out is Corey Davis. Why do see Corey Davis with a knee injury? This might bode well for Elijah Moore, who's been asking for more targets, but he wants out. Well, he might get those targets and that Corey Davis is not going to be playing on Sunday. Questionable for the Jets, Dwayne Brown, shoulder injury. Defensive end, Jermaine Johnson, ankle injury. Now, the good news is they're both expected to play. Uh, Dwayne Brown, a definite need there. Jets for that offensive line help uh, reshape that. Uh, Jermaine Johnson, uh, the edge guy on the outside, that should definitely help their defense, who has been playing pretty outstanding as of late. Patriots out. Center, unfortunately, center David Andrews with a concussion will not play. Defensive lineman Christian Barmore with a knee injury will not play. Questionable in Patriot fashion, there's a lot. Safety Kyle Duger was limited practice Friday. Wide receiver Nelson Aguilar, hamstring uh, issue. Cornerback Anthony Jennings, calf issue. Cornerback Jonathan Jones, an ankle. Safety, Adrian Phillips, shoulder issue. Linebacker, Josh Oosh, hamstring. And offensive tackle, Isaiah Wynn with a shoulder issue. All of those are listed as questionable, but we all know Bill Belichick is Bill Belichick. Uh, he will get the most out of his players. Um, they head into this game actually as favorites against the Jets in New York. Uh, a little bit surprising because of how both teams have played as of late. Um, here's something low-key people are sleeping on. This is a revenge game for the Jets. Last year, the last time these teams met, the Patriots ran it up. And I don't know why Belichick did such a thing, but they ran it up in the fourth quarter to a 54-13 blowout. The defensive coordinator of the Jets said he has not forgotten this. He remembers the plays, remembers the final score, and remembers how pissed off he was. And they're coming into this game with a chip on their shoulder. Um, is it going to be Zappy? Zappy Hour? Or is it going to be Matt Jones? It looks like Matt Jones is getting the start with Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's actually been playing uh, very well. He's been a pretty good leader for the Jets since he's uh, come back from his injury. Um, they've rallied uh, around him. And like I said, 5 and 2 record, second place in New York Football Jets. A lot of excitement in the uh, New York football area. Um, Zach Wilson against Mac Jones. We'll see if Mac Jones finishes the game. I'm going to go ahead and take the Jets. Not only going to take them, I'm going to take them getting the points, and I like them in a blowout. I like the Jets at home in a revenge game against the Patriots to really take it to the Patriots. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to run it up as high as the Patriots did last year, but I think they're going to run it up pretty decent. 
I'm going to go Jets 34, Patriots 17 final. Probably a late uh, touchdown for the Patriots getting them at 17 points. 34-17, that's my prediction. Jets with the dub. This is your boy, Jason Serrano. Once again, thank you, Rico. Much appreciated, and God bless all. He played a game of rock, paper, scissors against his reflection and won. Here is Don Suave. Welcome back to the show. We'd like to thank Jason Serrano for that clapback segment. Him detailing the New York Giants and the New York Jets as they place their matchups Sunday. Now we're on the commander news, which we call the take command. And this is the week seven recap. And it's also the return of the, well, I guess it's best to say. I'm sorry. I just, no comment on the song. But yes, Taylor Heineke was back starting for the Commanders and... That was a game because in the first half, the feeling was, oh, no, why I say that? I'm glad you asked because the Packers up 14-3 with a touchdown through by Aaron Rodgers to Aaron Jones. And later in the second quarter, Taylor Heineke threw an interception to Devondre Campbell for a 63-yard pick six. And at first, you saw a lot of fans on Twitter going ham on a guy. But me personally, I do sometimes compare Heineke to Brett Favre because if anybody remembers Brett Favre play at times, he would do something incredibly stupid. But then later, in the same game, we'll throw an incredibly beautiful football that would probably win the game. Well, welcome to Taylor Heineke. This past Sunday, he channeled his favorite player growing up in the game when after the pick six, he threw a nice dime to Antonio Gibson for a nine-yard touchdown. And after halftime, he threw another beautiful spot-on pass to Terry McCorn for a 37-yard pass touchdown. And the commanders took the lead 17-14. Couple of field goals later, the score was 23-14. Later in the game, Aaron Rodgers drove the Packers down for another Aaron Jones touchdown, which cut the game to only a two-point lead, 23-21. With only seconds left, the Packers did end the game pitch around and came up short, leaving no time on the clock and a victory for the Commanders. Now, I was watching this game, and I'm going to keep it a buck. The Commanders, especially the receivers, seem to really show another level of tension when Heineke is in the game. He was only sacked once. They ran the ball great. I said they ran the ball for a total of 166 yards. The star receiver, Terry McLaurin, had five catches for 73 yards and one touchdown. Even on his touchdown catch and his late game catch, I can say I haven't seen this type of scary Terry this whole season. Just from those two catches, 
There have been videos of Terry McCarr all over social media of him absolutely on fire, yelling, pushing. It's almost like Terry was yelling, about time y'all gave me the ball. Just give me the dang ball. Channeling a Keyshawn Johnson type. All we know is that Carson was out for two to six weeks with a broken finger. But when we come back from the break, we're going to dive deeper into this situation. Stay tuned. You're listening to the So Disrespectful radio show. So you've never heard of premiumbead.com. Aren't you a filmmaker? Get out the road. Come on it. I want it. Believe me. I'm dreaming. I'm glad. He can start a fire using an extinguisher. Here is Don Suave. Welcome back to the radio show. Now, as I put on my devil's advocate suit, we got to address it like your front door. What will happen if Taylor Heineke goes on a winning streak? Let's say Carson can come back within four weeks, but want to save him until after the bye week in those weeks. Heineke beats Indy, beats Minnesota, possibly lose to Philly, beats Houston, beats Atlanta, possibly beats the Giants, then it's bye week. So the record could not either be 8-4 or 7-5. Do you bring him back after the bye week? Or maybe the record is worse. But honestly, you see that team and the fan base that's behind this guy. Do you really bring him back to see if Carson can save the season? Just think about everything that surrounds Carson Wentz. From his contract to his previous stints with the Eagles and Colts, even down to his play. How about all the press that was coming towards Rivera and Carson? How about the rumor of who really wanted Carson with the commanders? Was it Rivera or Snyder? How about the division of fans when it came, comes to Wentz? To the fact fans wanted Wentz to be traded or released? To move on from him? Which, if it does happen, that'd be three teams in three seasons. Now, here's another evidence of the devil's advocate. Many people, including myself, have been complaining about the play calling as well. Could it be that maybe Scott Turner was running plays to protect the limitations of Carson Wentz or that he really can't run the plays? You know, he he likes to run plays that rollouts, two running backs, reversals. But because that's not really Carson's game, but for Heineke, it is. Just think if Scott Turner telling himself, I'm calling the right plays and it's designed for these receivers, but he keeps throwing it to another receiver. Now, even though at times it works, Heineken would throw exactly who the receiver is for at times, and he will sometimes force it right to them, in which is either a great play or boneheaded play happens. So what do you guys think about Heineken going forward? Something to think about, right? And coming up after the break, we'll wrap this show up. You're listening to the So Disrespectful Radio Show. He doesn't need to throw out the trash. It always throws itself out. Here is... Don Suave. That's it for the show. I'd like to thank everybody who listened. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, Broadcast of the Seven Cities. Like, 
share, subscribe, and comment as well. Also, subscribe to the podcast show, So Disrespectful Radio Show. So until next time, stay blessed, stay good, and stay lifted. Peace. I'm so disrespectful. So, so, so disrespectful. I'm so disrespectful. So, so, so disrespectful.